Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the live conversation on Alatra TV channel. Such live conversations are being conducted within the framework of the Creative Society project, which is launched on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. The goal of the project is to achieve creative society by peaceful means and in the shortest, in the shortest time possible, such a society where each person in the world will live happily and will have everything necessary for living where each person will be confident in his future. You may find more information on the project on alatraunites.com website. And in order to inform people of the possibility to live in creative society, we are using the rule of six handshake. We invite guests to our program and they invite their friends and so this creative wave is goes on. And in the end of our program, we're going to ask our dear guests to invite some person who is to our next live broadcast. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our esteemed guest for today is Yazdi Pankwala. He is the director at Arpita Associates based in Singapore and Malaysia. And um, also he has uh, conducted training programs and coaching and uh, and provided consultancy for organization in areas like transformation, vision and change. So welcome to our program, Yatze. Nice to meet you and uh, thank you for accepting our invitation. Could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? What are you doing and how you came to it? Oh, this is always a very difficult uh, to answer. But I guess I've been very lucky that I have been able to live in many countries of the world, work in different countries with uh, people from different cultures and different backgrounds which has been a very enriching experience for me. I have been able to have multiple perspectives on life, to be able to see multiple truths. And uh, that has been a very uh, uh, interesting journey for me. So all my experience has contributed to what I have, I suppose, become. So whatever I can share with you, what little I have learned over the years, I'll be happy to share some, some of my own learnings that I'm still learning. Thank you. Uh, yes, Dee, what was and what is your personal inspiration in what you're doing? You know, what, what drives you in your life? Yeah, <laughs> very interesting, uh, yeah. I think it's again very difficult to answer what one thing that does it because you know we are a combination of a quantum of our lives. Um, but I suppose the defining moment was that I, like many of us, went to university, graduated, had a dream to become somebody, do something useful. And I joined an international bank uh, in, in the UK, in London, where I worked as my first career. And I was quite lucky that in an international bank, I could see uh, a, a good perspective of the world and where it was going. I was also very fortunate to join a bank which is very, very different. Although bank is to do with money and capitalism and controlling, this bank had a very, very different approach to business, to the world, to people. And the founders, the people, the management, I think impacted me significantly as a young person. And it always kept a lot of questions alive in my mind. Uh, what is life all about? What is my career all about? What is business all about? Is it only about money? Is, is there more to life? 
so those questions uh, kept on ringing in my ears and uh, i decided that it was important to get these answers and therefore i decided that i should leave my professional career and go and search for some answers and i left a career which was well established uh, economically in uh, in a career that was well established and i decided to leave not knowing exactly what i was going to do i just left uh-huh. all i knew is that i needed to look for answers and i i just decided that i would travel and i was lucky that i was able to travel for almost a year quite aimlessly in what it it would appear to be but in those travels i met a very very interesting people very very unique people very very caring people very very loving people i met people who lived uh, at, with the least possible economic means that was possible people that you and i would call living in poverty but i saw in them a tremendous richness they were content in their own ways they were happy yes they were struggling but they had a strength they had ability uh, a resilience and adaptability and ability they had something that uh, perhaps i didn't see in many people in the western world in the more developed countries so these things all attracted me and i wondered how come this dichotomy is there so these are the things i suppose that uh, were the questions that allowed me to carry on exploring uh the, the the diverse world that we live in so i was fortunate enough to live in what we may call the developed economy of the uk lived in the uk holding a european passport not anymore because the uk has decided to leave so back to uk and fortunate to travel in what we would call in very economic uh, deprived conditions and see people still living making livelihoods making the best of life so this uh, contradiction in terms was very stimulating in opening my eyes <laughs> and and uh, to to some extent you know make me see things that i perhaps may not have seen if i had remained where i had so i think that uh, those uh, those were some important events that may have made me do what i really ended up doing Thank you so much, because that um, yes, it's showing us uh, the world is um, basically can be united and beautiful in their diversity, isn't it? And different cultures, different people can actually teach us what what the best values in our life as well. And it's beautiful experience you got to see different cultures how they live, what the habits they have, what the main values for them as well. And we know that you have been a speaker for leadership. ethics values and at uh, the several organizations and forum, forums in asia and european as well european parliament in 2009 as well and um, apart from providing organizations with advice in those areas of transformation vision and values you also consult them in a area of change so my question still be for you is like that how can we how can we encourage people to take responsibility on themselves and not to wait for the change but be the change what do you think <laughs> so although i may have spent maybe a good 30 years uh, 
uh, working with people and organizations, trying to understand this concept of change, I think the first realization is really uh, you can't change anybody. That's, that's something we need to accept. Only when somebody is ready at the time that they're ready, the speed at which they want to, then only maybe we could help them, support them, give them a little bit of direction, and then only possible change could happen. Uh -huh. uh, so it, uh, the magic doesn't, the strength lies in the individual. All we can do is give the encouragement to the individual who may then have the strength to influence the system that they're operating under. Uh, so I think uh, we have to be very realistic on that. Yes, thank you so much for your answers. And you're right, we're all different, but we can, can do something good. And we don't need to be realistic, but we can change our mindset and our behavior. And we can do so much, so much better together. <laughs> you know, thank you so much. Yes, D, you know, there are a lot of people uh, in the world who say that, you know, basically we all are different and uh, there is so, uh, so much divide in us, etc. But you traveled to many countries, you saw so many people. Could you please tell us, what's your personal opinion? Are we different? Do we want different things in, in our life? Or what do you think? Ah... <laughs> uh. So you see, um, very interesting question. We are both form and essence. So if you look at my form, your form, Ella's form, different hairstyle, different skin color, different approach, different food, different taste. So it may appear that we are all very, very different. And we can get stuck on focusing on our differences. But at the essence level, you have the same blood going through you. The same breath that enters my nostril enters your nostril. When we are born, a breath enters our nostril and we become alive. When we leave, the breath leaves our nostril and we are finished. So at the essence level, as human beings, we all want respect. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be cared for. I think at the essence level, there is a huge amount of oneness and commonality. Unfortunately, somehow along the line, I'm not sure where our education, where we have become experts in division, in separation. And uh, we see the world through those colored eyes. So as long as we continue to have those spectacles, then we will continue to see those divisions. So it is the role of educators, educationists, policy makers, whoever there are to help people look at the essence rather than the form. The form can be diverse. We have thousands of uh, forms of uh, plant life, flowers. Each flower has a different fragrant, a different color, but each contributes significantly. When the bee goes to the flower, the bee does not discriminate. The bee takes what it needs to take. It contributes what it needs to contribute. And it somehow continues. So I have been fortunate enough to meet a significant amount of people who always saw this commonality, this oneness, this beauty in people. 
and they carried on living their life as givers as contributors whereas many of us perhaps even including me myself through my own education system somehow we were brought up to become executors mm-hmm. we were trained with tremendous tools thinking methodologies our training taught us how to execute things efficiently so as executors we learned a lot of skills and then we went into the marketplace with our hand i suppose like this give me something for my career give me something for my future give me something for my house give me a better car give me a better future so i became you may not like this a high class beggar because i am always begging i am always asking what can you give me what can you give me so unfortunately for many of us when we fall into this trap of always always seeking taking but we forgot the other side of the equation the other side of the equation the hand is symbolically down that means i am giving here i am always taking here i am always giving so if our orientation as human beings can be shifted from receivers to givers from executors to contributors then i think we can see a significant shift in the way we want to build a better future in whatever way we feel we should so till we don't see this shift that uh, we should think more about becoming contributors than executors then that will give us possibilities for many things to maybe happen in our lives so that's a fundamental shift that i i hope we will be able to see very very soon in our lives in our time and with that shift uh, we will begin to see the question that you raised earlier that we should begin to see ourselves with our connectivity our oneness and when our consciousness as humans shift to our oneness as opposed to our separation that small shift in consciousness will make a significant impact on the societies that we want to build so my own focus is being on how to create that very very small shift in consciousness from just becoming executors to contributors from me myself and i to look at something bigger and become contributors because if we all continue to contribute uh i think the the, the economic formula models that we all experience today which are not really working for all of us it's not uh, not really giving us maybe the 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 output that we really thought we should be getting and one lesson that i'm beginning to observe in this last one year particularly and that is unfortunate because of this global pandemic that we are all facing globally and everyone's coping and it's a very very sad thing to be happening but to me it seems this mr covid is trying to tell us something and it seems to me that mr covid is trying to remind us that you and i are connected why because if i am not well you cannot be well if you are not well i cannot be well my health my future my prosperity depends on your health your future 
and vice versa. Now, this is a very, very powerful lesson I thought many of us could benefit from. But I see many world leaders are too busy, preoccupied talking about the new normal, the new normal. We want to go back to the old ways, calling it the new normal. But here we have a very, very powerful and important lesson that is knocking on our door globally for the last one year. It is telling every country, every family, every individual, you and I are connected. You cannot live without me. I cannot live without you. Please wake up. And I would have hoped that uh, this uh, lesson all of us can learn and therefore begin to cooperate and build policies, procedures, systems that are more community-based, more community-friendly rather than for my own interest or your interest of interest of my family or my segment because we, we feel we are separated. But this lesson of Corona seems to be that no, we are not separated. He keeps reminding us for the last year, year and a half, whether vaccines come or not. Even vaccines are having their challenges on what they can do or they can't do. So I hope that more of us will be able to understand why this lesson may be around the corner for all of us. And maybe it is an opportunity, a very, very important opportunity for more of us to sort of wake up and think about this new creative society that your organization is talking so much about. Because unfortunately, it's sometimes when we are knocked hard on the head that we decide to wake up when life is good and happy and successful. You know, life is great. There's no need to be scratching our head. But now, wherever we are in the world, we are all being shaken at our roots and uh, economic issues, etc., and difficulties are all there. But I'm asking the question is, is there going to be a that small but significant shift in consciousness that maybe our friend Corona is trying to tell us? Maybe he is a friend, I really don't know. But we are all busy running away and not uh, learning the lesson. So I hope uh, something positive can come out of these difficult times that we are all facing. So I think I've said more than <laughs> what you asked for in that question, but these are just some of my reflections as I see sitting yeah, quietly. Thank you so much. This understanding, to be fair, <laughs> uh, don't, don't, um, you know, don't say this, but you told uh, more than we expected, no. Yes, what sir. you told is very, very important understanding and extremely important reminder to all of us. We really need, we really need wake up finally, because we have no time, you know, to to play with um, with each other and to play with everything around us. We need to to act. We need to grow up. We need to become humans, you know, with capital H. And thank you for this important, very important reminder. Thanks. Yes, I absolutely agree as well because. Um, you're right, we're all united no matter what, and we all depend on each other. And uh, this planet is our common house, common home. And this is why we all should take responsibility, not just in our life, but like our community, country, and person next to us just. And this uh, important values actually uniting all of us, compassion, friendship, love, kindness, and all of them. So we can find this, uh, good inside of us and unite and only in unity we can face all the threats which is life is 
thrown us, you know. And uh, yes, it's very important when we respect each other and uplift each other and start to think honestly, what is actually life all about and what are we doing here <laughs> and how can we make it better and improve the life for everybody around us. And as you said, COVID is showing us a very valuable lesson to say we need to move from I to we and uh, just to start building the beautiful different world we all deserve to live in. And so thank you so much for the beautiful answer on this question. And you know, Yadze, you have a fantastic experience by visiting different countries and different cultures as well. So you saw the ways how other people live, what basic uh, necessities it can make for them happy, isn't it? They treat with respect, not just each other, but also the nature around them, environment around them. And so you understand that um, actually for a person that needs that much to be happy. And right now, nowadays, more and more people saying that in order to create a really comfortable condition for every person, we need to change our format of society from the consumerist orientated to the creative one. And that's why I would like to ask you that question. So how do you envision creative society where you, your loved one and everyone would live in happiness, prosperity and feel safe? Can you please tell us your version of this beautiful world for all of us, for humanity? How do you see it? Actually, you know, we are all living in a beautiful world. We are surrounded by so much abundance. The nature has provided for us abundantly. Nature has never practiced a scarcity mentality, which uh, somehow we as human beings, perhaps considered intelligent and wise, mm -hmm. somehow have got caught with a scarcity mentality. And uh, that has led to many, many of our confusions. But wanting to be happy, I think, is an aspiration everybody has. And uh, I think it is important for us to look at ancient cultures who have been able to last for thousands, hundreds of years. We, modern humanity, has been around 100, 200 years with our modern inventions, and we've done wonderful. We can sit and talk to each other from three different countries at almost zero cost wonderful things we can do. Yet we have become very de-alienated de also. But uh, the significant impact that I had about two, two and a half years ago, I was able to meet one gentleman who was a former minister for education from the country of Bhutan, a small kingdom that does not look at GDP as an indicator of success. But around 40, 50 years ago in their wisdom, they decided they want to think about a concept called the GNH, Gross National Happiness. And uh, without anybody's support, without anybody's encouragement from the external outside world, policymakers, they embarked on this journey. And they've been on this journey for around 40 plus years. And I think they've reached a stage where others today can maybe go and just examine and look at what they've been able to do. Why did they do it? And is there something in somewhere our own societies can, can learn, adapt from that? So, so again, 
for me personally uh, meeting people from there seeing the richness with which they interact their graciousness their attitude of gratitude uh, it's it, it's quite outstanding so i think really if anybody asks me you know can you show me a working model where can we go where can is there an utopia can we get close to happiness uh, you, you know yeah we'll all have our own views on it that's fair enough but uh, please go explore look at what what this ex- bhutan experiment was all about and uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised what they've been able to achieve uh, of course they have their own difficulties they're struggling they're making effort but the sincerity with which their policy makers their administrators their politicians work for the benefit of their people i think that is a significant uh, lesson that people from doesn't matter which part of the world could really learn from so it may be a small kingdom in the middle of nowhere in terms of <laughs> when we look at it from our economic perspectives but i believe there's an immense amount of richness uh, and i and 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 i was only fortunate and lucky that i had an opportunity to meet uh, somebody from bhutan and then others from bhutan and my eyes begin to open i am pretty sure that if we look at other indigenous societies in different parts of the world and i'm sure there are indigenous societies in many parts of this world we can learn tremendous things so the earlier comment when we started with i said we have lost our sense of oneness our sense of connectedness if you look at all traditional indigenous societies in those societies this understanding of oneness was very 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 strong and maybe because of that wisdom that they had they survived and lasted and sus- were able to sustain their communities so today in modern terms we talk about sustainability because it's economically required but these ancient cultures have been practicing and understanding sustainability their own connectedness so i i think we need to revert back to some old traditions and cultures and go and do some study and figure out what is it that we can learn from them we've always thought that just because we became scientific advanced technology driven that others should learn from us i think uh, maybe uh, it's time to you know uh open our eyes and look 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 at the examples around us so i would urge any of your listeners anyone who's uh, you know interested please look at bhutan and other indigenous societies and you'll be very pleasantly surprised what we could learn so um, maybe that's my take on 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 that question i hope that helps okay yes thank you you have about this we need to from each other from every single of us. This is why we all need each other and actually function as a one, as one human, human family and treat each other with um, respect and protection and everything. Because yeah, in some parts maybe in the world it's beautiful, but some parts in the world it still need big help for everything and so. And uh, this is why we should understand. So it's both parts here. Some beautiful societies already there and beautiful places to be in. and the creative society is a society for everybody for every single person and this was so important thank you so much for that example bhutan we definitely going to look on it as well and uh, that's very beautiful thank you so much
PASD uh, happiness is, uh, you know, um, a great, a great measure for uh, whether we are following the right way or not, whether we are worthy society or not. And so we, we definitely should focus on being happy instead of all other kinds of measure. And ASD, um, you mentioned such phrase as, you know, high class beggar. And I, I like it a lot because we, we, we people, we shouldn't be like high class beggars, you know. And currently, we consume so much, we think about consuming, consuming more, more, and more. So we live in consumerist format of society. But we want the change and we want to live in the creative society. We know that you consult organizations on transformations to be made and on the ways to make them. So maybe you can also suggest how you see the transformation of our current society into the creative one. You know, how can we make it you know, as smooth and as quick as possible? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know whether things can be smooth. I think uh, the nature of the word transformation may suggest that a lot of creative tension may be needed. Uh, you know, a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. It completely transforms from one physical form to another. A cocoon has to burst, explode. And when I suppose that cocoon is exploding and bursting, there must be pain stress, agony, but perhaps it is necessary for the caterpillar to go through all those various pains and stretching and confusion for it to become the beautiful butterfly that can then fly and see a bigger world, a better world. So if we look at that uh, very simplistic analogy, uh, I don't think there are any shortcuts. <laughs> I don't think there's any easy route. I think if you look at successful leaders, successful organizations, uh, they've all come through significant periods of pain, significant periods of stress, uh, significant periods of unfortunate suppression. But those who are wise, they turn those adversities into opportunities and great moment, momentous leap for future of humanity, future of mankind. If you see example, an individual like Nelson Mandela, who was, I think, in prison for around 27 years, most of it in solitary confinement. Uh, very, very tough, very, very difficult. I don't think many of us would want or could, you know, certainly I don't think I could imagine one year of that, let alone. And yet, it emerged a leader that was quite significantly very, very different from the bulk of political uh, leaders that we have seen. So that adversity he used wisely, very, very wisely. No bitterness, no revenge, no anger, no rancor. How do we move society and humanity forward? So he was able to synthesize the wisdom out of that so-called painful experience. So running away from pain may not be easy, but helping our individuals to extract the value and the wisdom for the pain so that we can make, we make life easier for others 
everybody need not go through that pain then maybe that's the contribution that is possible so really i don't think there's a easy shortcut uh, but of course in the journey of moving forward i think it's very very important that uh, as a society as a community we should have a very clear vision of what we want so in the absence of a vision you know any road will take us there so from what little i see your creative society is trying to offer a vision to humanity and saying hey guys there's a better way let's let's go there let's do something about it i see a lot of your volunteers putting your own time your own energy your own effort going beyond being executors to contribute in your own small way it doesn't matter small big who's measuring you're trying to contribute uh, and those are the values that you're demonstrating so uh, i i just hope that you will continue to show this vision to as many people as possible and please do note the world has never been short of visionaries in the history of humanity we have had great visionaries but over a period of time many visionaries could not take the people to the so called promised land because in that journey of the great vision they lost track of their values and because they lost track of their values they were not able to attain the, the utopia that they had all wanted to so in this journey of wanting to improve enhance get to the better place i very very strongly believe i strongly urge all organizations all individuals you must be very very clear about your values values are the methods with which we will get there i can achieve result by cutting corners i can achieve results by pushing you down so that i look good i can get the result but it does not necessarily mean that i will be able to sustain my success so the values is is how will i get there and very often in our desire and our hurry to get there leaders often start compromising on their values so a dear great colleague of mine who i work with who has influenced me significantly speaks of uh, dr j m sampath has been significantly talking about it is very important to align your vision and your values vision is where i want to go values is how i will get there so in, as an individual as an organization if we are not very clear and anchored in our values we will falter we will fall along the way because in that journey we will all experience obstacles challenges difficulties that's the nature of any journey but at every obstacle if you are very clear about your values you will know how to overcome that obstacle if you are not clear about your values there will always be a temptation to shortcut to deviate and that's where the difficulty may arise so i think it is very very important for us as leaders policy makers individuals to be very very clear about what are the values that are guiding us and driving us to where we want ourselves to be so and that clarity about on values is very 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 important and it's actually you know all of us have values it's not that we don't and my friend dr sampath explains we all have a threshold at which we give up so let us say i believe in truth or a problem that many of us see around the world today 
forms of corruption. Now, I may like to believe that I am a person who is not corruptible, that I cannot be influenced by perhaps, if you take an example, money. But we all have a threshold at which we will give up. If somebody offers me a thousand US, certainly not. 10,000, maybe not. 100,000, not a lot. Maybe a million, I may begin to think about it. 10 million, well, maybe it's possible. So it's a question of the threshold. When will I give up my values? So as individuals, we all have values. We all believe we would like to stick to those values. But at a certain threshold, we decide to give up. And all individuals, all people in systems, policies, governments, at some point they give up on their values or compromise on their values. And that's where it becomes difficult to build the altruistic society, the great society that we want, to, you know, that we all originally aspired for. So I think a greater clarity and understanding of consciousness of, of our values needs to be brought back into our education system. And uh, uh, this is, you know, if you say, oh, uh, you know, last 25, 30 years working with adults in organizations, I think that is already damage control. Prevention is better than cure. This approach to values, this threshold of one, when will I give up in life? What will I give up on? This awareness should be brought to younger adults, even as school children. So you know, once they have this greater clarity about what drives them, when they're already adults, they will not compromise so easily. So, um, so this journey of values is, is something that needs a considerable amount of attention. And it's something that our organization has you know, been making its own efforts to try to bring values-based education, life skills education to children in schools so that as they grow up there as adults, they will have a greater clarity about their values. So uh, again, a long answer and I, 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 <laughs> I'm not that's sure. That's... Thank you so much yes, for your answer because education, as you said, you're right about that. And lots of people saying that education is a key for world peace. And this is what it stands because all children is um, the first cell of our society, isn't it? And right you see this uh, creative society project, a core creative society project, is the main value, is the first foundation, is the human life. And all go around this first foundation because nothing more valuable in this life than, than human life. And we all have this value. And as you mentioned today about pandemic, it is showing us how we all depend on each other, what values we actually have in our life as well. Creative society, it's very human, it's fundamental unit of society, and everything goes around the human as well. His needs, his necessities, and up to his freedoms and safety as well. And I'd like to say our viewers a little bit more about Creative Society Project. So after conducting thousands of interviews with people around the whole world, stages and foundations for building the creative society was formed and present as an article. You can read this article on our official website, alatraunice.com. So please, dear viewers, visit our website. So you can see this uh, eight foundations in three stages for building creative society. And creative society is not utopia. It's a society where we all want to live in where every single human deserves to live in, which is will be eliminate problems like hunger, poverty, lack of education, lack of medical help and care, 
And this is society, it all depends on every single of us. And as I know, it's uh, the challenge upon us is very, it's very big, you know, and challenging, the path is challenging. But we did create this world, the world of consumers' mind. And you know, we're all tired of this right now, and we need to change all of us together completely format of our society, from the consumer's mind, from consumers oriented to the creative, supportive, constructive society we all deserve to live in. This is why it's important and this is why every single uh, foundation and our project, it's not just our, it's for all humanity. It depends on every single of us. And we know that you're familiar with number five foundation, which is um, says is um, creative ideology. Five. And we're the going creative to ideology. a video about this foundation. And after that, Zeliyatsi, we'd like to ask you to comment on that. So please, can we see this number five uh, principle of creative science? Society. Prohibition of propaganda of violence, condemnation, and denunciation of any form of division and aggression and anti-humane manifestations. Yeah, I can. So uh, foundation number five is the creative ideology. It says ideology should be aimed at popularizing the best human qualities and stopping everything that is directed against humans. Main priority is the priority of humanity high spiritual and moral aspirations of a human, humanness, virtue, mutual respect and strengthening of friendship, creating conditions for the development and education of a human with a capital H, cultivating moral values in each person and society, prohibition of propaganda of violence, condemnation and denunciation of any form of division, aggression and anti-humane manifestation. So this is the fifth foundation for building the creative society. Thank you so much, Alexei. And uh, Yadze, could you please comment on it? Why this uh, fifth foundation has touched you? How it resonates with you? Could you please tell us what you think about it? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think you've done, obviously, a great amount of extensive good work uh, over a lot of period of time. So congratulations on that. Um, my, I'm just wondering as I'm listening, you know, the, the, your charter puts a lot of emphasis on humanity and humankind, which is great. However, I feel that uh, it perhaps need to expand its scope beyond, beyond hu humankind. I, I'm not sure maybe the definition is not there. Uh, to perhaps include everything on the planet and beyond because we are connected and also related to that. So perhaps I would like to expand that, but maybe you already have that in mind. The other, uh, the comment I would say, when we are talking anything to do with humanity and you made certain comments there, to me two very, very fundamental things when it comes to humanity needs to be consistently emphasized. And that is this concept of unconditional love and compassion for each other. So anything that we as human want to aspire, I think the, 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 the love, the unconditional love 
is something that we must consistently and continuously bring out condemnation saying this is wrong that is right that is wrong okay those are fine those are methodologies things that exist but personally i would like to emphasize more on the love and the compassion we need to inject more of that into whatever we are trying to do you know anyway that's just a small little perspective that uh, i'm sure is already in, 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 encompassed in in the places that uh, you have already had we are just having a few seconds glimpse at what you are showing me so forgive me if i uh, you know have not understood fully what you are trying to share no no it's very good and thank you so much for your answers as well because you're right it's uh, we need um, this unconditional love you speak about yes we all need to understand and i think nowadays every single person actually understand we have so many threats for us and you're right we're all connected like what climate change is now happening is not everybody know about this and everybody know what kind of uh, threats it's basically throw to the humanity for all of us as pandemic showed us as well we're all in the same boat this little planet we call home and the same is there's so many different uh, situations and we now all need to unite unite together one common goal you know under this one common goal and respect each other and look honestly on each other and understand nothing nothing divides us and we're all same absolutely same regardless of nationality religion social status gender and absolutely everything any beliefs at all any views of the life because the main value as we speak today around and all day about is a human life and we, and uh, we all need to change change in my mindset and be example for our society and start with every single of us and create society is depends on every single of us and once we understand that it's nothing separates us because it's bigger illusion in the world illusion of separation then when we can make big changes and this why this kind of conversations is basically building the bridges between people and we understand the no difference between of us we all want the same stuff be safe and happy and just live in prosperity secure world stable world no deserve to live in this one this is why and that is for thank you so much for your answers as well so and uh, currently by conducting the interviews with um, people around the world and uh, at the first stage of achieving creative society the informational stage that's why we're doing this it's three stages and first stage is uh, going on right now and we would like to ask you yes to share your name on one person who you would like to invite for our next live broadcast do you have anybody in mind the social active like you you would like to invite him to actually <laughs> actually i probably have a long list so maybe later when we talk i will suggest a few uh, few candidates for different reasons because uh, i believe they could enrich your conversation and discussion and from many of these people i have been blessed to learn from so if i can be enriched i'm certain that your your viewers will be even far greater enriched by by listening to these people directly themselves it sounds so, amazing because you know it's logically simple then faster people will be find out about the project creative society then faster it will be implemented then faster we all will believe in a better world than we have right now and as you right said today we have some parts of our world is beautiful and we do live in abundance but we need to understand how we use our resources what we doing with that and how we basically right now is uh, going towards each other what relationship between people what, what how treat each other 
And you're right, that unconditional love is key as well for the beautiful world. Thank you so much. And uh, I would like to tell our viewers that if you would like to find out more about the Creative Society project, please visit our website, alatraunites.com. And if you would like to join the Creative Society project, please go to the website and find the red Join Us button. So press this button, choose one of the three options, and you are in. Basically, you just need to know about the Creative Society project to support it internally and to spread information about it. That's that so simple step which, which will bring us to our goal, to our dream, to the creative society we, we all want to live in. And, you know, we had and we still have enough aim. Enough means completely enough. So it's time for all of us individually Thank you, dear viewers, and thank you so much, ESD, for this lovely conversation. Yes, I also joined this um, for Alexi. Thank you, ESD. We learned so much from you today as well. It's very enriching and wonderful, inspiring conversation, and new examples today about bee not discriminating any flower. It was amazing as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your wisdom and for actually be in our program and take this effort. and. Uh, United, we can do a lot, all together as one big human family, and basically united on the same one goal to achieve this beautiful, creative society we all, we all want to live in. And I would like to invite all our viewers to our next conference, upcoming conference, which is will be on the 20th of March, and uh, it will be a global conference. What the prophets dreamed of, creative society. What the prophets dreamed of, and please. Uh, we're going to watch now a short tra trailer about that and anyone who's interested can participate in this one project as well so please yes so we would like to say you um, all good luck with your work what you're doing right now yes and also light on your path as well and let's stay collaborated and let's uh, work together so bye for now unprecedented event of present history Initiative that comes from people around the world. Main project of humanity. People stopped being silent about urgent issues of our society. All cultures have an image of the ideal world people want to live in. A world that prophets talked about. The time has come when we can make it real. How will we use this chance? Let's meet March 20, 2021, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. International online event of global scale. Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. This is the day the world will unite to find out the truth Join the entire humanity and spread the message.